Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Let me tell you the story of two friends. One of the friends is very, very wealthy, incredibly wealthy. The other friend is not as wealthy, but has a lot of power. These two friends have taken vacations together, and I'm talking rather flamboyant vacations, vacations that cost, oh, half a million dollars. They're such good friends that the one with all of the money bought a house that the other friend, the one that has the power and influence, that person's mother lived in this house. And I guess maybe the house needed some work, some updates, and the neighbors were apparently a problem for the, for the mom. I guess they were probably noisy or something. So the friend with all the money buys the mom's house, plus the houses neighboring the mom's house so that the bad neighbors are removed from the situation. And the mother is allowed to just stay in the house rent-free, even though she no longer owns it, but apparently is still required to pay the property taxes and insure the house, and I'm assuming pay utilities and things like that. And the wealthy friend is also the one that has picked up the tab for all of these exotic, flamboyant vacations that involve multi-million dollar cruisers, you know, the big boats, the big expensive, flashy, custom-made boats, and of course, private jets because first class is so tacky. And... I guess in one respect, you would think, okay, well, it's really nice that the one with all the money is doing all of these great things for the other friend. Isn't it great that they've been friends for so long? Except, well, they haven't. It's not like they grew up together. It's not like they have a lot of common friends. It's not like they, well, the only thing that they really seem to have in common is the fact that one of them has money and the other one has power and influence. Kind of strange ground for a friendship, huh? Kind of makes you wonder what they're getting in return for the friendship. Obviously, the one with the power and influence is profiting because 
he and his wife are able to go on all these great vacations and do all of these things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And taking care of the mom's house and her situation with the bad neighbors and allowing her to live in the house and all of that, obviously you can see what the benefits are. And there have been gifts as well. You know, just, oh, I was just thinking of you and just pick this little thing up. I saw it in a shop, you know, $19,000 gift. What is the guy with all the money getting out of it? Power and influence? Is that kind of like bribery? Taking a kickback? And if that person is in a position of high influence and power in uh, the United States, would that be legal? Let's talk about this a little more, shall we? Episode 149. Does Clarence Thomas still drink Coke? So, let's dig into this a little bit more. Obviously, the people that I am speaking of in this story would be Supreme Court Associate Justice Clarence Thomas. And, well, I guess you could call him a billionaire GOP megadonor. And his name would be Harlan Crow. He is the son of Trammell Crow, which is a the name of a man who created a huge real estate empire, which you probably have seen the signs that say Trammell Crow at some point. It has now been purchased by C.B. Richard Ellis. But Trammell Crow owned office towers and apartment complexes and lots of commercial properties from coast to coast years ago. Harlan Crow lives in Dallas, Texas, and apparently loves to connect, collect Nazi memorabilia. Seems to be quite the fan of Adolf Hitler. Kind of an unusual um, hobby or attraction, but I guess it takes all kinds. Um <laughs> Whatever. I, I don't get it. So recently, ProPublica, and I pronounced it Publica in a previous episode, and apparently it's ProPublica. That's what I've been told. That's what I, I checked and double-checked, and they said Publica. So <laughs> that's how I'll pronounce it. It's a P-R-O capital P-U-B-L-I-C-A, and it's all crammed together. There's no separation between the two words, even though the P on publica is capitalized. Uh, 
they have been doing some investigative reporting on Clarence Thomas and Harlan Crow, and they have uncovered a lot of, uh, shall we say, gratuities. Well, mostly from Harlan Crow to Clarence Thomas. And I guess Harlan Crow could just be one of those really nice, generous guys that just loves to give stuff to other people because he's such a nice guy and has so much money, he just doesn't know what to do with it all. That's possible. Of course, it's also very possible that as the most conservative member sitting on the Supreme Court, maybe Clarence Thomas can uh, return the favor, shall we say? I don't know, but $500,000 vacations have been documented. Stays at luxurious private resorts. Visits to the Bohemian Grove, which if you're not somebody important, you don't get in. Uh, $19,000 clocks. Just an awful lot of stuff. And then buying your mom's house, plus the houses, the neighboring properties, and getting rid of the troublesome neighbors, and then allowing the mom to stay in her house rent-free. Uh <sighs> Yeah, that's a that's pretty generous is what I would say. And the thing about this is the Supreme Court doesn't really have any how do I word this? They don't really have any written policy that they have to abide by the ethics rules that other judiciary divisions would have to abide by. In other words, if you are a member of the, um, oh, let's just say you're on an appeals court, for instance, or something like that, if you're on a lower court, you have ethics rules that you must abide by. And there are things like you can't take gifts from people and you're not really supposed to rule on cases where there might be an appearance of a conflict. In other words, um, oh, you know, if your wife is involved in something, uh, she works for a company that's involved in a, in a case, probably you shouldn't sit there and rule on it just because there's a connection, you know. People might think there's some impropriety going on. And that is one of the things that the courts try to avoid. They want to avoid the appearance of impropriety. Now, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it Maybe it's the son-in-law or a distant cousin or something like that is involved. And you're thinking, you know, I hardly know this person. I don't think it would really affect my... Yeah, I can probably sit here and, and rule on this and be ob objective about it. No, that's not the way it works. If the appearance is, well, it's his son-in-law or it's a cousin, then you probably need to recuse yourself. Um, and in the case of certain courts, you'd have to refer it to another judge or, or you know, have another judge 
sit uh, over that particular case. But the Supreme Court, because it's the Supreme Court for some reason, apparently, apparently is allowed to police itself. It's allowed to enforce rules upon itself without any interference from the outside world. Except, according to the U.S. Constitution, Congress does have oversight of the Supreme Court. So Congress can make changes. Congress can add justices to the Supreme Court, which is something I think we really need right now because there are 13 different like circuit courts around the country. There used to be nine and now it's grown. And and some people think that because the court system seems to move so slowly, perhaps things that go to the Supreme Court could be handled a little uh, more quickly if you had more justices. So maybe we need to expand it from nine to 13. And that would also rebalance the Supreme Court after the Republicans stole seats in an attempt to rig the court to be way, way, way more conservative than the country, which is what we have right now and which is why trust and approval of the Supreme Court by the American people is pretty much at an all-time low right now. They have made some decisions. And then we've got some ethics things going on that seem to um, have eroded public trust. And if the Supreme Court doesn't have the trust of the American people, it has zero. So there have been multiple things happening with the Supreme Court lately. Some of their decisions, some of their opinions have been highly, highly inflammatory, very upsetting to a lot of people. And some of the justices, when they appeared before the Senate during their hearings, uh, seem to have maybe not been completely honest with members of the Senate. So that's a problem when you have someone on the Supreme Court that is not trustworthy and has not been honest. uh, You kind of have to, well, get rid of them, basically. So there's been a lot of stuff going on. And some of these things are supposed to be reported. For instance, if you are involved in a real estate transaction that has a value of, I don't know, I think it was $1,000 or something like that, you're supposed to report that. Well, when Harlan Crow bought Clarence Thomas's mom's house, that was 130 something thousand dollars. I don't know if that included the properties on either side of her or not, but it didn't get reported. And Thomas said that he actually lost money on the deal. So that makes me think that maybe Clarence Thomas actually owned the house that his mom was living in and she didn't own it. I mean, it would be almost as bad if she did own it, but He said he lost money on the deal, so he didn't think it needed to be reported. Well, again, if you are sitting on the Supreme Court of the United States, what is the problem with finding out for certain what you're supposed to do? Huh? I mean, you're making decisions that affect the entire country. Shouldn't you have the intelligence 
to do basic research or have a staffer do basic research to find out if you need to report something or not. And you know what? If there's a question, when in doubt, make sure you do more than you're supposed to do. So report it. And if they come back and say, thanks, but we don't really need this because you don't need to report this, you want to save the documentation on that so that you can back up your story. Anyway, some very highly suspicious things have been going on between Clarence Thomas and Harlan Crow. And there have been uh, some allegations of corruption involving uh, the relationship of these two people, especially since Harlan Crow is a GOP mega donor. And a lot of people feel that Crow provided Thomas and his wife with these luxurious vacations, private jet trips, and property deals that should have been disclosed. And apparently, Thomas was disclosing some of these things early on, but it kind of caused a kerfluffle. So he apparently thought, well, I better not report them anymore because I don't like people talking about me. Um, a watchdog group has filed a criminal and civil suit or uh, civil complaint against Thomas. And there are some Democrats in Congress uh, who have demanded that investigations need to take place or they have threatened to pursue uh, possible impeachment of Thomas, which would be very difficult to do because impeachment of a Supreme Court justice is pretty much the same process as the impeachment of a president would be. And we already know that Republicans, if it's a Republican or a conservative, even if there's a lot of evidence that seems to indicate something wrong happened, they don't even want to investigate it. We know how they did all of this with, with Trump. So we have a real problem with the Republicans right now. So uh, anyway, the uh, impeachment process, of course, would more than likely have to begin in the House of Representatives. And that would be the more than likely the House Judiciary Committee would have to open an investigation. And uh, Nothing official has happened so far because, of course, the Republicans are controlling the House of Representatives right now. Not by much, only a few seats, but they were expecting to get, what, 50 or something like that in the midterms, and they got, well, not even, yeah, what was it, 10, 8, something like that. They didn't get as many as they were expecting. Big disappointment. Gee, hey, GOP. When you lose elections that historically you're expected to win, uh, maybe it means that the American people aren't going along with your policies and maybe you need to start changing your policies to reflect what the American people want since you are supposed to be working for the American people. Obviously, you have forgotten that fact. Uh, so anyway... Um, there's many reasons, of course, why the um, uh, the committee that is controlled by Republicans don't want to do an investigation because uh, a lot of them are allies of the former guy, Trump, 
who now is finding himself in a world of hurt when it comes to legal problems and investigations and more coming. And uh, they probably do not want to have to start scrutinizing the activities of uh, one of the most conservative justices on the Supreme Court. Many people feel that Thomas is actually the most conservative justice on the Supreme Court. There's a few of them on there that uh, I don't know if they've been on the court long enough for us to really know how conservative they are, but uh, Thomas isn't far off from some of them, I suspect. Um, so what are we going to do? We've got Republicans running the House. We've got uh, Republicans who are afraid to investigate their own even though it's pretty obvious there's some sneaky deals going on. Do you really think for a second if Justice Sotomayor was involved in something like this with, say, um, George Soros, a big Democratic Party mega donor, do you think the Republicans would be all over this, screaming at the top of their lungs 24-7? You better believe they would. But as I've said many times, being a hypocrite is the number one requirement to be a Republican today. You have to be a hypocrite. So um, uh, another reason, of course, is that the Supreme Court justices are supposed to self-regulate. And they are supposed to have discretion over their recusal and disclosure decisions to some degree. Again, it's just a bad idea when you want an entity to oversee and police itself and make its policies that it's expected to abide by. It's just bad. That's why we are supposed to have a system of checks and balances where we have co-equal branches of government so that they can run a check on each other to kind of make sure nobody gets too far out of line. But when you have a party that is it going to check anybody that's on their side of the aisle? Uh, that could be, yeah, that could be a little bit of a problem, don't you think? Now, I should report that Clarence Thomas has denied any wrongdoing. And he has said that he has followed the advice that he was given at the time. But where that advice came from, nobody seems to know. At least I haven't found out anything substantial on that yet. So, given the fact that Republicans are supposed to kind of pick up the torch on this one and lead with an investigation, what are the options? What could possibly happen, for instance, if uh, there's no investigation? So considering the fact that the Republicans are the ones that really should be picking up the torch here and carrying it in this situation, what are the consequences of just allowing this to go, just ignoring it and, and not doing an investigation into Justice Thomas? Well, number one, of course, uh, the 
public trust could be undermined further. They, the Supreme Court is already experiencing all-time low approval ratings, pretty much. And what little confidence is still in place with the Supreme Court could be um, further eroded and um, people may start to feel even stronger that there is a lack of impartiality at the Supreme Court, which is an essential role that the Supreme Court is supposed to play. They are not supposed to legislate from the bench, nor are they supposed to rewrite laws. They are merely supposed to interpret the laws. And if there is an issue with the way the law was written, they would expose that. And then theoretically, it should go back to Congress for Congress to fix, because sometimes when legislators write new legislation, they create problems. Sometimes those problems are intentional and other times they're not, but they should fix it. And very often they don't fix things because they're too busy campaigning. They're too busy chasing the almighty dollar. Another issue with not uh, investigating Thomas would be that it uh, would create a perception of double standards because people would say, well, if, <laughs> if I did something like that, I wouldn't get away with it. But they're powerful. They're wealthy. They have, uh, you know, lots of money. So, yeah, it's a double standard. And, uh, of course, they could determine that there is a complete um, lack of accountability for any type of misconduct on the part of someone in the judicial system, including the Supreme Court. If no one is above the law, uh, that certainly should include Supreme Court justices, correct? Seems to me that they should, that it should. It could also encourage more attempts to influence or interfere with the uh, judiciary, uh, especially by more people who have lots of money. I mean, what the heck if it worked for Harlan Crow? He's spending all of this money on one Supreme Court justice, half a million dollar vacations, buying houses and properties and gifts. And boy, he must be getting something in return for all of that other than just good times and lots of friendship, right? Okay. Um, could also expose the Supreme Court to legal challenges and ethical complaints by watchdog groups and, and by citizens as well. And I think that that is probably coming because I think people are getting kind of fed up with this. There's an, an awful lot of this stuff in the news lately. And it would seem that one of the political parties, although I don't really think it's a political party any longer, one of the, one of the cults that pretends to be a political party, the one on the right, um, <laughs> uh, doesn't seem to, um, how do I want to word this? Um, doesn't seem 
that it really much cares about what we the people think because you look at polls from the American people, including conservatives, and the majority are saying, no, we don't want that. And the Republicans are just going right along with it anyway, just like, yeah, to heck with you guys. We don't care what you think. The only time they care is when they want money or your vote. Um, and it could, uh, you know, if there isn't an investigation into this, uh, it could very well um, make it necessary for more people to call for reform and or the impeachment of Thomas and maybe even other justices if we find out there's been some other stuff going on. Kavanaugh seems kind of suspicious, you know? Um, so, and there's lawmakers and activists that are already, I think, looking into this right now. So, I don't know. You tell me where this goes. Uh, nobody, nobody really seems to know. And uh, there's even more negative information that has recently come out about Justice Thomas. And this was also from uh, ProPublica. So let me look into that and uh, let's talk about that next. So you might think that Justice Thomas not reporting things is bad enough. But it seems that the Washington Post has uncovered that Justice Thomas has been reporting income from a real estate company that no longer exists. So he reports income from a company that is non-existent and gifts and other things that he probably should be reporting, he doesn't report. Maybe he figures it offsets, huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, Justice Thomas is definitely under more scrutiny right now than he has been in a long time. Not that he entered his career on the Supreme Court without a very high level of scrutiny after the Anita Hill uh, revelations at his hearing. But uh, over the past couple of decades, Thomas has reported on uh, financial disclosures that are required due to his position on the Supreme Court, uh, rental income from a family real estate company that is known as Ginger Limited Partnership. So we're going back 20 years. And apparently that company stopped operating uh, as a company in 2006. So what's been going on for the last 16 years? <laughs> 16 plus years. Um, the company, uh, Ginger Limited Partnership, was taken over by a company named Ginger Holdings, LLC. Now, 
maybe this is just a clerical error. Maybe somebody should have changed the name and reflected the change in ownership or, or whatever. Maybe Ginger Holdings LLC is still a family-owned company. I don't know. Apparently, they're looking into it. But um, Thomas um, apparently reported two hundred dollars to $750,000 from this company that no longer exists for 16 years. It's kind of a big oversight, isn't it? I think if I were Clarence Thomas and all of these things that have been going on, all of the stuff that wasn't disclosed that should have been and all of these, you know, there's just so many little things right now. Maybe he needs to find somebody better or hire new accountants or something to take care of some of this stuff. Anyway, the original uh, company was out of Nebraska. And it was created back in the 1980s. And as I said, it closed down in 2006. Um, Thomas's uh, most recent annual disclosure form reported income of between $50,000 and $100,000 from Ginger Limited Partnership. And there's no mention of the new company that apparently bought out the old one. So maybe it's just an oversight. But since 2006, somewhere between $270,000 to $750,000 has been reported by Thomas as income from this uh, older company. So who knows what the heck is going on with that. But, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And Thomas has never been very transparent. And the fact that the fact that he should have recused himself during a decision over the January 6th issue that involved his wife, uh, that right there tells me he cannot be trusted because an upstanding person would have at least perhaps gone to the Chief Justice, Justice Roberts, and said, here's the situation, what do you think? And if Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts said, well, I don't see any problem with that, then Thomas probably should have said, you might want to make a note of that, and if there's any issues with my sitting uh, on the bench during this, you might need to let everybody know that we discussed this ahead of time and, and that we didn't feel that there was a problem or something. I don't know. But it seems to me that there's definitely the, uh, the apparent conflict of interest, which, from what I understand, is supposed to be a deal breaker for these things. But um, um, his wife, Jenny Thomas, is definitely an advocate for, conservant, uh, for conservative... Uh, think tanks and causes. And um, she has definitely been involved to some degree in the efforts to help the former guy, Trump, overturn the 2020 election. And she was leading a conservative group that received almost $600,000 in anonymous donations as well. So 
you know, this dark money and this anonymous money and stuff, it's just, it's a stinky thing. They say that money's the root of all evil. I know I've talked about that on podcasts before. And yes, I, I definitely agree. I think that that is very much apparent today. And it makes it even worse because the party that really should be taking the lead on some of this stuff is the Republican Party, also known as the Trump cult. And they're just not representing the will of the people lately. That explains perhaps why uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, when he signed a six-week abortion ban bill, did it at 11 o'clock at night in his office at the Capitol when there was just nobody around. Seems he's not very proud of that. Well, that could be because most of the American people, including those down in Florida, do not want abortion bans. And despite the fact that the Republicans pretty much lost the midterms, I, I, don't, I just don't think that there's any way you can sugarcoat it from the point that they were supposed to have picked up, what was it, four, five, six seats in the Senate during the midterms, and they actually lost one. The Democrats picked up a seat. And they were expecting, at one point, I think they went as high as saying 60 seats in the House. And then it kept dropping to 50 and then to 40 and then, oh, maybe 20. And did they even get 10? I don't think they even got 10. And I think it's even less now because I think we have had some departures from the House during that time. And I'm, I say that because I think there have been some deaths, and I, but I'm not certain about that, so I'm just going to call it departures. So it's obvious they're getting a lot of kickback from some of the decisions that they've been making. We had the vote in Kansas, a very conservative state, where they were trying to change the Constitution. And the people of Kansas came out and said, no, no. They wanted to keep abortion legal. So the Republicans are not winning on the issues. And I think the American people are beginning to finally, truly wake up. Uh, they talk about how uh, crime is, is just running rampant across the country these days, mostly in big blue cities, which isn't really true. But of course, they don't talk about the fact that a lot of the crime is gun violence, and they are passing law after law after law in state after state after state, relaxing gun laws. That was another bill that Ron DeSantis of Florida signed recently. Made a big deal out of that one. I mean, they want six-year-old children in the state of Missouri to have assault weapons on the street. And I'm not kidding. 
That's what they want. Unreal. Unreal. They complain about the cost of, of uh, goods and services, the cost of, of uh, the gasoline, how much groceries cost at the grocery store. What are they doing about it? Nothing. Nothing. As a matter of fact, your Republicans in the House are in New York City right now having a, well, photo op investigation. They're not doing anything to help the American people. What they're doing is they're trying to cover their own backsides because I think, truly, I believe, there are a lot of people in Congress right now who were involved in an attempted coup to overturn a democratically elected government in the United States of America, and it failed. And now they are trying to cover their backsides and they are desperate, desperate, desperate to do whatever they possibly can to try to get themselves out of this or to come up with enough dirt on someone that they can go behind closed doors and say, hey, I've got this on you. You pursue me. This is coming out. Because that's the kind of people we're dealing with. You're dealing with a former university wrestling coach who turned his back when students came to him and said, the team doctor is sexually molesting us, assaulting us, did nothing about it. And that's Jim Jordan. That's your Ohio Republican representative who chairs committees in the House now. And was also very much involved in the uh, January 6th thing with Donald Trump. I believe uh, he was one of the Republicans who asked for a presidential pardon. You don't do that unless you know that you've done something really bad. So, <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm going to wrap this one up now so it's not longer than it already is. I appreciate you listening. I am sorry that I'm running behind. I'm trying to catch up. I'm having some equipment issues right now. I'm having to restart stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on, but I will uh, keep uh, at it and hopefully get some of these things taken care of quickly. I appreciate your time, as always. Hope you have a great afternoon and evening, unless you have other plans. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at FederalAndy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.